You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. It is Socks in the Basement. It is 30 minutes of White Sox talk. It is for fans by a couple of fans. And in this case, one of the fans is missing. Chris isn't here this week, so you get me. You just get Ed this week, but that's okay. I will still take care of all your White Sox needs. And uh, as always, Socks in the Basement brought to you by Family Waterproofing. Go to FamilyDry.com or give them a call and have them take care of any issues you got with your basement. You got water coming in. You're worried about water coming in. You think water might want to come in later. It's knocking on the door. Whatever it is, they'll take care of you. Mention socks in the basement, and uh, they will take even better care of you. So let's jump right on into it. And obviously, the you know the, the big news coming out of last weekend was Lance Lynn got extended. It happened after Chris and I dropped our last show. Uh, so we didn't really get a chance to get into it, but it's, it's definitely a good thing, obviously, that, that the Sox are making this commitment to them. And we can get into, you know, whether or not that there's an issue here coming up then with Carlos Rodon, or we can think about how this impacts, say, Lucas Giolito down the road. But the reality is, is that what you're doing is you're saying that this guy is going to be here for the next couple of years. Uh, you know, Lynn on the downslope of his career for sure. This is not a guy who's a young man. He's an all-star there, though, this year. He has been their best starting pitcher, uh, you know, in terms of not necessarily the stats that Carlos Rodon has put up, but you just sort of get this feeling when Lynn takes the mound, like he's in charge, he's in command, and he's going to at least keep you in the game. And so, you know, having that commitment, I think, will have a good impact on the rest of the team. I don't think it's going to be something where, you know, we're going to sit here and talk for too much or think too much more about the offseason because we're going to be focused as fans. We're going to be focused as, as you know, the, 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 not we, I'm not part of the team, but the team will be focused certainly on going forward and getting themselves into the playoffs and getting themselves playoff ready. And to have that knowledge, I suppose, on the team that, you know, you're going to be riding into battle behind this guy, not just this year, but next year, is something where you know it can it can probably help bring that clubhouse together a little bit but the other thing too is really you're talking at this point about the white Sox having a championship window and that window uh you know i wrote in the mismatch socks blog last friday that that window is it could be pretty finite right you know we've seen windows get kicked open by chicago sports teams in the past and we've watched them peter out we've watched them go you know real quick in some situations and never fully open in others. One of the things that was dogging me about the championship window for the 2021 White Sox was the fact that this team going into the offseason was going to be able to retain Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito because of their contract status and where they are in the arbitration process. They were going to have Dallas Keuchel and the problem they were going to have was Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn were both going to be free agents. Now, retaining both, 
Might have been a tall order. I don't know if that changes anything now because Rodon having a career year, he's going to have a lot of suitors. And if they don't extend him next, that's going to be a situation where we're not going to be able to really tell exactly what what that's going to look like for him contract-wise. But you got to believe a left-hander dominating the way he's dominating is going to be really, really high on people's list in the marketplace. But you have Michael Kopech sitting there too, and you expect that they would want to get Michael Kopech into the rotation if they can. Knowing that it's going to be Lance Lynn that is going to be there, knowing that you're going to have Lynn, Giolito, and Cease at the very least with Kopech in the rotation just means that this window of opportunity that the White Sox have given themselves is going to at least have that part of the rotation stabilized. And, you know, we can parse words about how good or bad Dylan Cease is. He's inconsistent, but that's okay. He's early on in his career expecting consistency. You can look at what Giolito's done. He's down from 2019. He's, you know, not necessarily as dominant as he was in 2020. He's still very, very good. He could still make adjustments. There's still things that that we can look for in the future from Lucas Giolito. And now Lance Lynn, you know, that's the aging gunslinger. That's the veteran. That's the guy that fills, you know, from a more recent perspective of a team that did a rebuild, a full-on rebuild, and comes up and wins a World Series. Lance Lynn is that guy that is in that John Lester role that the Cubs had, uh, you know, for, for their championship season and surrounding that championship season where Lester was that veteran presence that could go out and dominate at the time and you felt comfortable there because you knew he was in command. And that's what Lance Lynn brings to this team, and that's why he is so incredibly, incredibly important, is to have that presence at the front. And Dallas Keuchel, he could be that guy too, but let's, he's just not pitching as well as he once did. He is a guy that really has not shown himself to be that Cy Young-level guy that he was, whereas Lynn has reemerged in the latter half of his career here, the last few years, as a more reliable guy. He reinvented himself, and he's a great story. And from all accounts, he is a terrific teammate, and now he's getting rewarded by the White Sox. And, you know, really, if you're a Sox fan, you look at this and you go, they spent some money, right? This is an important thing, because you also have to look at the grander picture of it and if you were going to go out in the marketplace next year in the offseason, one of the things that you're going to have to go and buy is starting pitching, and you're not going to get that cheap in the offseason. And if you're in a bidding war for Lance Lynn in the offseason and you're in a bidding war for Carlos Rodon in the offseason, how, how, how are you going to afford both of them? You have one of them done. If the Sox go out and lose Carlos Rodon in the offseason, I'd like him to resign him, but if they lose him, hey, at least you know you have four starting pitchers returning that are part of this team that we are looking at to build a winner starting this year. So with that in mind, I don't think we need to berate it. It's just, it's just good news. And, uh, you know, there's not too much deep analysis that needs to happen into good news like that. But let's talk more about the championship window and, to do that, we're going to bring on George Hoffman, and we'll do that next. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. 
And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. So joining me today on Socks in the Basement to talk about the very thing that we've been talking about, the White Sox, their championship aspirations, uh, longtime Chicago sportscaster, and currently the host of the Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast, which takes Chicago-based sports celebrities and has them tell stories about their careers. It's fantastic. Uh, I'd like to welcome him in, George Hoffman. George, it's good to talk to you. It's my pleasure, Ed. Um, and I know you've been on with uh, with Chris before, and uh, you know uh, been part of the show. So it, it's always good, I think, to have a perspective for somebody who is not just necessarily strictly, uh, you know, someone who follows and covers the socks. Um, and, and you know, one of the things I, I I've been thinking about is the championship windows open right now, right, for the socks, and. We've seen championship windows open and close before in the city. We've seen championship windows be, you know, dynastic, both in Chicago and out of Chicago. Where do you think the Sox are uh, as far as starting their window? And, and you know, is this going to be a flash in the pan type of thing? Or, or are we looking at something that's sustainable, do you think? Well, I think in the case of the White Sox, it's a lot different because they have managed to sign – young star players to reasonable long-term contracts from Tim Anderson to Luis Robert to uh, uh, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, That's three players, and I think Anderson is still under contract, I want to say, for three more years. When you've done that, that's very crucial. That's very important to have core players under contract as opposed to where the Cubs are, where they have three players who are now free agents in Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, you know, all of whom who could be gone. That's not the case with the White Sox. They have burgeoning talent, uh, but the name of the game is pitching and how long you can keep that sustainable. If you can get Giolito under contract, but he's going to be with you now for a number of years. I mean, he's going to go through the arbitration process. We're not sure how long that's going to be when baseball and uh, its players union, uh, you know, start attacking one another in December uh, for a new agreement. But you do have Dylan Cease. You have a decision to make on Carlos Rodon. And if you have core pitching that you think you can keep, there's no telling how long the White Sox window is open. 
let's also understand they haven't won anything yet. Right. You know, this is championship window tells you you've got a very competitive team that could be really good for a long time. But a lot of that has to do with um, contracts, bullpens in this day and age. And we've seen how the White Sox bullpen has not been really as good as people thought it would be. It's been pretty good, but a lot of people thought it would be better. But, I mean, in, in the landscape of things, uh, they look pretty good. And let's let's be honest, uh, Rick Hahn not only deserves to be the executive of the year this year, I mean, it's like secretariat. He should be the executive of the year by a long shot. Look at what's happened to this team this year alone. Massive amount of injuries. And everything that he's done seemingly has turned to gold. Look at the players that he picked up. Guys like Goodwin, Hamilton, Lamb. They've all been contributors. Uh, Mercedes had this spectacular month of April. Then there's Sheets who he brings up and Berger and all these people are succeeding. The reason is Rick Hahn because he's the general manager. And I've said this for years and years and years. The most important person in an organization is the GM. He's the guy who picks the talent and he's the guy who helps pick the people who pick the talent. Tony Larissa gets his credit. He is the manager. But this is all about what Rick Hahn has been able to put together. How about Vaughn? Did anybody think he would be this kind of player, particularly playing in left field? So now the real crucial question for the White Sox is what they're going to do when guys like Jimenez come back and then Robert. But this is a good thing. They have a lot of riches. And they obviously will be making some deals before the deadline on July 31st. And I trust this guy's judgment. I just think the White Sox window is just opening. How long it's opened, I think a lot of that just depends on pitching, uh, and a lot of it depends on what Rick Hahn does. But at least smartly, the White Sox have key players under contract for a number of years. So let's flash forward to the offseason, and whether they win or not, uh how much effort do you think you'd want to put in if you're Rick Hahn into re-signing Carlos Rodon? I hesitate to say this because in the case of Rodon, I want to see him complete a season without being injured. It's one of the reasons why I didn't think they should bring him back uh, because his history was of injuries and injuries can tend to follow a player. So far, so good. He's having a breakout here. A lot will depend on what they're willing to pay him. But, you know, Rodan appears to be a pretty loyal guy. But in the end, players are loyal to the almighty dollar. So it, it depends. And, and I, it really depends on how much they want to pay him for how long. But he has clearly right now established himself as the team's ace above, well, Lance Lynn and Rodon with Giolito now three. I mean, if I'm looking at opening a playoff series and it just depends on who you're playing, I, I would consider starting Carlos Rodon or Lance Lynn before I do Lucas Giolito. I think that's important. As for Lynn, 
I mean, he's he's up there in age. Um, he's had a terrific year. You know, um, we are seeing Dallas Keuchel in his third year be mediocre. And he's not been the pitcher that he used to be. So I, it just depends. C- clearly, they have the dollars. That'll help them. Um, as long as the ballparks stay open and full, and that's a real big question in this day and age, I think the White Sox will start drawing more fans. They will have some more revenue to deal with. And so I, you know, I, it's a big question. But But the biggest question to me is, Will he stay in one piece for the rest of the year? That's my biggest question for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I when he was signed initially, that was my thought was, are, what are you seeing about 2021 Carlos Rodon that we haven't seen since he first came up as far as his health or his ability? Because even when he's been healthy in the past, it's not like he was this version of Carlos Rodon. We never saw this real lights-out guy. Um but at the same time, you look at, say, what Ronaldo Lopez has turned into uh, and how he's even struggled at AAA. So, right. you know, what, what, maybe it was just it was worth a gamble, or do you think they had some insight into him that, that maybe will help them going forward as far as keeping him healthy? Well, I think they always saw his talent. Uh, the one thing about Carlos Rodon, and this is something we're seeing with Dylan Cease, is he threw too many pitches. Um, he is much more around the strike zone now than he's been. And I know in this day and age of strikeouts, that's that's something he is doing with great regularity. Uh, he is really controlling his pitches. Where in the past, you'd see Car- uh, Carlos Rodon at the 80 and 90 pitch mark in the fourth inning. We've seen some of that this year, but we've also seen him go deeper in games. And that is really crucial. And I think that that's what they'd like to see in Dylan Cease. And Dylan Cease is still young, and he still has a high ceiling. They had the faith in this guy. Um, they, I think they looked at him and said, can he stay in one piece? Remember, it was, I think, 2019 when Rodon came back and had a 10-game stretch in which he was sensational. Remember that? He yeah. was absolutely lights out. I think, I think they saw that part of Carlos Rodon and said, look, if we can keep this guy healthy, uh, he's got the potential of being a real stud pitcher. And so far, he has been. Well, and so back to the kind of the overall question as they're, as they're sort of entering their contention you know, uh, phase here, the other, I think the other thing that Sox fans looked at in the offseason was you're hiring Tony LaRusa, who is up there in age. Obviously, he had been assumed to be retired. So do you think that this is something where if Tony, if they get it done this year, do you think he sticks around to see and, and, and try and see this thing through for a while? Or, or is this something, you know, and, and I know you've, you've had plenty of interaction with him, but is this something where, you know, he wants to – to try and take this team through what could be their, you know, their window based on how they've got guys signed. Well, first and foremost, I, I haven't had any interaction with Tony since he's come back, but I was there when he first came here in 1979. I, if he's healthy and the White Sox can go, I mean, they're going to be a playoff team. Um, even if for some reason they bow in the first round, I would think that he'd want to come back. You know, 
the White Sox are paying him for three more years, or Jerry Reinsdorf's paying him for three more years. <laughs> right. And if they go deeper in the playoffs, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't come back if he's healthy. I mean, I, I as much criticism as he's, as he's gotten, um, he gets credit because they are winning. And they're winning with, you know, at times a patchwork lineup, which includes, you know, uh, Yohan Moncada, who's really not lived up to what he can be, and yet they keep winning these games. And, and let me also caution that, let's remember the White Sox are a 500 team against teams above 500. And so this is something that I want to see. They've got some really crucial games coming up, and it's really important that they start beating the better teams because that's who they're going to be facing in the playoffs. They're not going to be facing the Tigers and the Royals and the Orioles and the Twins. They're not going to see those teams. So in the second half, I'm going to be very interested to see how Tony La Russa and the White Sox can manage to beat the teams that they might see in the playoffs. So on that subject, let's go around the American League. Who, who I don't want to say who scares you for the White Sox, but uh, which teams do you think are in a really good position going into the second half? And is there anybody that's kind of come out of, you know, kind of come up out of nowhere that we haven't seen make a run yet? Well, I mean, the Red Sox um, have certainly been a, a very, very solid team. That, that goes without saying. Um, the Rays have been, uh, you know, the, the, the Rays are always seemingly that team that's in the mix. You know, it's a team that uh, uh, if, if you look at them, they, you look at their talent and you say, who are these guys? And every year they're there. I don't know what is going to be happening with the Yankees. Uh, that's a team that, you know, as, as time goes on, they could wind up being sellers. Um, and the same with the Indians. I mean, that, that's another team. You know, this is not like uh, 2005 when the White Sox had a 15 and a half game lead that shrunk to a game and a half. I don't see the Indians making that kind of run. Matter of fact, they could be team a team that sells off. Um, uh, the Blue Jays have, are, are kind of lurking, but can they be a team that, that gets into the playoffs? And then there's Houston. And the Astros, I, you know, they spanked the White Sox when they were in Houston winning four in a row. I mean, that team looks really, really good. So it's not a matter of the teams that can scare you. It's more like the teams that you can compete against the way you have competed the first half of the season. And a lot of that's going to depend on the return of certain players that makes your lineup even stronger, who they will get to replace Madrigal at second base, whether they go out and they get another right-handed reliever to help in their bullpen, uh, and that they're starting pitching which has been really good, is even more consistent. You need to see a more consistent Dallas Keuchel. You need to see a more consistent Lucas Giolito, who's given up a lot of home runs this year. So, you know, you can talk about all the other teams, uh, but, you know, you look at the White Sox and you say to yourself, okay, 
prove it to me. And like I said before, proving it now is beating teams who are better than 500 teams. It's beating the Rays in season series. It's beating teams like Houston. That's, you know, that to me is going to be the most crucial aspect of what I see down the stretch to make that determination. Are the White Sox good enough to be a World Series team this year? Hey, sometimes you just need to go out and have yourself a nice, friendly little drink at a nice place. And uh, you will not find a friendlier or nicer place than Cork and Carey in Beverly. 10614 Southwestern Avenue. Go and sit down inside the historic building or go and sit outside in their fantastic outdoor seating area. This isn't just a few lawn chairs outside with some Christmas lights strung above it. This is a great place to sit down, enjoy a nice Chicago summer evening, have yourself a nice friendly beer with someone, and go ahead and take advantage of their extensive beer menu, bottles, drafts. Chances are, whatever you drink, they'll be able to fill your glass. Cork and Carry and Beverly, 10614 Southwestern Avenue. It's exactly what an Irish pub in Chicago should be. So, with getting uh, Aloy Jimenez back, with getting Luis Robert back, um... You mentioned before we've got this patchwork team and the, some guys that have really contributed very well. Uh, the obvious thought I would I would think is is you're going to see like say Gavin Sheets go back down to Charlotte or uh, you know Jake Berger would would go back down with those two guys coming back up. But do you do you see any chance or any reason why you would prefer to have say a Billy Hamilton or a Brian Goodwin you know unfortunately have to to drop off the roster? Well, I mean, that's just a matter of attrition. You know, if, if you're bringing Jimenez back, and I would I would tell you that it would be in the best interest of the White Sox that Jimenez becomes your DH and almost full-time. You know, he, he's an accident waiting to happen in left field, and it's an accident that already occurred. Um, plus, he's not very good out there. Right. So I, I would I want to see him as your DH. Shouldn't they just hide his glove, that, really? You know, just just well, to hide all of his bets. Well, I mean, look, look. What would really help the White Sox is if they can go out and get themselves a, a power left-handed bat. And the easier said than done. But where are you going to put that guy? I mean, if you if you declare to him it is, look, we want you to DH most of the time. You're still going to need somebody in left field. That's going to be interesting. Do you want Hamilton there? If there's room for a guy with his kind of speed and his defensive ability, yes. Um, he's actually been a better hitter this year, probably thanks to Tim Anderson. Um, and then if you go out and you pick up a second baseman, well, there'll be attrition there as well. So, I mean, we know the guys like Goodwin and Lamb may not be here. Um, Berger probably won't. She, you know, Sheets. He could wind up being traded. You never know. You know that, like the, the White Sox, like I say, they they are going to wind up with an excess of riches, which is much better than having an excess of poor players. So, I think a lot remains to be seen, and I think we're going to see that probably in the next three weeks. You know, Jimenez is probably going to be back here fairly soon, and we'll see how the dominoes start to fall. So. It, it, Anybody out there that you would specifically target in the trade market? Then I, you know, I we heard about the Eddie Escobar stuff, and it seemed like that had no real traction. But if you could, if you could 
identify like this is the guy I want coming in for second base, or this is the right-handed reliever I want to pick up. Like, what's your what's your dream for the White Sox at the trade deadline? Well, I don't know if I have. A, I don't know if I have a dream for the White Sox. Escobar uh, certainly has had a big offensive year, uh, but let's also understand he's a third baseman by trade. Shortstop does not play second base much. Can, can he play there? Obviously, if there's been discussion about him, then they think he is worthy of playing that position. The problem, of course, has been his his issue with his leg, and and that's I think why there's been hesitation there. Um, the kid for the Pirates, whose name is escaping me for the moment, and forgive me, Adam Frazier. Um, Adam Frazier, who um, I believe either is arbitration eligible next year or has one year left. I think it's arbitration eligible, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's a guy that I would examine because he could also play the outfield. It's going to cost you a lot more. Uh, remember, you have Nick Madrigal coming back. This is a guy who is you know, he's one of the top hitters in the National League. But what are you going to do with him after the season? Well, it depends on what you trade for him and what his value will be to you after the season if you can trade him. I would like to think that I would, if, if I'm going to go for a second baseman, I'm going to go for a guy who plays there. And I'm going to go for a guy who's defensively solid there. Because let's remember, the White Sox are still a somewhat defensively challenged team. And that can really hurt you in the playoffs. So that's a player that I, I, I would think that the White Sox would be interested in. And they certainly have the necessary inventory to trade for a player like that. Again, the situation with Escobar is something that you have to make sure he's 100% healthy before you bring him in here. And again, he is not a second baseman by trade. So I, I would I would be leaning more towards Adam Frazier. Um, whatever the case may be, I'm sure that Rick Hahn will be pulling the trigger because he knows that he needs all the ammunition that he can get in a season where you're not waiting to win a World Series next year. You think you've got a chance to win a World Series this year and beyond. All right. Well, I appreciate you jumping on with me and, you know, talking White Sox baseball. You know, we're always happy to have you on here. And Well, I appreciate it, and I do want to uh, promote uh, the podcast that I do, which is called Tell me a story I don't know. We are in our, our second season right now. And for people who want to find it, it's on all the platforms. Tell me a story I don't know is about storytelling of top sports personalities with connections to Chicago. Um, and we are going to be featuring Ron Kittle, who's, uh, who's a, it's a wonderful interview. And I go oh, back yeah. to the years when I covered him back in the 80s. And he's still, <laughs> he's still this off-the-wall dude who I really, really admire um dan plesak and if anybody knows dan plesak he is one of the great characters on mlb tonight and in the future we are going to have uh, brooks boyer uh that might probably be waiting until next year when we continue the podcast but um uh, for the, all of you who are are interested in a good sports podcast beyond this one Tell me a story I don't know. It is. It is a fantastic listen. And, and I'll, I'll close by saying we're, we're, we're currently running Dan Bellino. And if people don't know that name, 
that much. Baseball fans probably do. Dan Bellino is a major league umpire who hails from our area. He currently lives in Crystal Lake. And he was a fascinating interview because this is a guy who's a full-time real estate lawyer. He has his own firm. He does that while he's, while he's in the middle of, of a season of being an umpire. And so that's currently running right now. And I think people will get a big kick out of listening to Dan Bellino. All right. Well, yeah, check out uh, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. And then turn around and uh, catch up on old episodes of Socks in the Basement while you're at it. And you can get all your sports listening done all at once, right? Absolutely. Thank you very much. My pleasure being with you too, Ed. He's George Offman. My name is Ed. This has been Socks in the Basement. Check me out on Saturday when I still won't have Chris, but I will have Don Paul. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.